Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. Some of God's most beautiful miracles and greatest work is especially evident in the aftermath of our darkest and most painful experiences. After the dark days of the crucifixion of Jesus, light breaks forth in His resurrection. After hurt is healing, after brokenness is mending, after death is life. Through this series, we are learning to pay attention to how God is moving and growing our faith in and for the aftermath. Well, wherever you are, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your week. Thank you for taking time out of your busy life to lean in to these experiences. We are so grateful. Our hope is that even as we've been worshiping over the last several moments that you find a way. I, know we, I, I, say, I, know, I feel like I say the same things every week. I feel like I'm a broken record. And if I am, just kind of fast forward a little bit. That's okay, you can get to, uh, you can scrub forward uh, and maybe find something new and fresh. But I know it, this, is, this is, it feels weird and it's difficult, but I hope that all the energy and effort that our teams are putting into creating these experiences for everybody every weekend, I hope they're doing something in you right now that's beneficial, that's helpful, that's helping you find the encouragement and hope that you need in this season. You know, it hit me today that we are halfway through May and as a church, we are only in the second series of the year. If you're, not, if you're not new to Vintage, maybe you, you just jumped in this year or maybe you just jumped in since we've been doing these online experiences. In the past, very rarely do we do a series that's more than three, four, five, maybe at most six weeks long. But as we entered this year, we had ourselves kind of center around this theme of courageous. And we went through weeks and weeks and months and months learning to be people who were courageous. And then the second series that we had planned is the series that we're still in, a series that we're calling The Aftermath. And now, unlike Courageous, Courageous, we just knew we were gonna camp out around that theme and go for as long as God wanted. We knew it was gonna be a lengthy thing. We just felt like God was calling us to center around that word. And we never even imagined that we would have to be courageous through Corona. But it was just God's timing and provision because do you need courage? I know, like, with what we're having to navigate, what we're having to figure out how to overcome, that whole courage thing, uh, I'm glad I learned those lessons, and I hope that you are too. But aftermath was not like that. Aftermath was really supposed to be, we did plan it before all this, but it was supposed to be a three-week series. It was gonna be Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, and the, and the, the Sunday following Easter. Because the, it started as this concept of in the aftermath of the cross, was the resurrection. And it is God's greatest example of what he can do in the aftermath. That even on the, on the other side of really dark things, God does his best work. And the principle that God put on my heart is, was in this sentence, that in the aftermath of life's most painful moments, God does his most beautiful miracles. Like that's what, that's what I learned from Easter in this season, that in the aftermath, there was nothing more painful than that Friday when Jesus went to the cross for the disciples. But there was nothing more joyous than the day that they realized, the moment that they realized that Jesus was alive. 
and everything was different. In the aftermath of life's most painful moments, God does his most beautiful miracles. But last week I had to, I had to get permission to switch it up a little bit. A little bit of a caveat. Like I need, I need to add a word to that phrase, or re, reword that sentence just a little bit. That in the aftermath of life's most painful moments, there is the potential for God to do his most beautiful miracles. Because the aftermath is a funny thing. And the reality is in the aftermath, there's just as much potential for things to go sideways as there is for things to go well. That in the aftermath of life's most painful moments, if, if the wrong thing is done, if the wrong decision is made, if the wrong turn happens, if, if we mishandle the aftermath, we miss out on a miracle. That there is potential for God to do something great. But one of the things that I'm learning in this season, as much as I believe that God, and you do really, can I go off on a tangent for a second? Nobody has ever or will ever, can ever, will ever be ever to close the church. The movement of Jesus will never be able to be stopped because he said it wouldn't. He said the very gates of hell would not be able to stop his church. So for everybody claiming like somehow the church has been shut down, our building has been closed, but the movement has kept going. Okay, back to the sermon, okay? In the aftermath of life's most painful moments, there is the potential for God's greatest miracles. But last week we started unpacking like if we miss out on the seed that he has for this season, like the, the most tragic thing that could happen in the aftermath we're in right now is us learn nothing. That we just rush through it. And the worst thing that could happen is not what happens in it, but what we fail to learn from it. But there's another reality that hit me this week. Pain is a funny thing. Pain is a funny thing. Pain does different things to different people. Like you think about what happens when you experience pain. We all have different reactions to it. For some of us, pain propels us forward. For some of us, pain more likely paralyzes us where we are. And the reason why is because there's no way that you can walk through something painful and not be wounded. Come on. There's, there's no way that you can, life's most painful moments often create our most crippling wounds. There's no way to walk through a painful season of your life and come out the other side without a wound. Like the, the things that you've gone through that have been painful, they have wounded you. That painful divorce wounded you. That painful loss wounded you. That painful moments and wounds go hand in hand. And whether or not something beautiful happens on the aftermath, in the aftermath, is dependent on whether or not that wound ever heals. 
See, if those wounds go left unhealed, they have more potential to paralyze you than propel you. And so many of us, the reason why we haven't stepped from painful moment to God miracle is because the wound created by the moment has never healed. And if we're ever going to step into something beautiful, something has to heal that wound. And there's so many people, not just in the aftermath of what we're in, but in the aftermath of something that happened 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, or 20 years ago, and you've been watching these teachings and you're like, Matt, you're full of it, dude. <laughs> because I've had the painful moment, but in 30 years since the painful moment, I've yet to see the beautiful miracle. And I would say if there's that much distance between your painful moment and God's beautiful miracle, it's because the wound that was created by the moment has never healed. And until it does, you will never be able to move forward and step into the beautiful thing that God has for you. That there are so many people that even, even the reason why this thing that we're going through right now hurts so bad is because of the pre, a pre-existing condition. That this season that we're in now is even more difficult for you because of the wound that happened well before all of this happened that created an anger toward God, a bitterness towards people, a spirit of negativity. Am I making sense, people in the room? Let me hear you. Like the reason why the, the aftermath that we're currently in, the season that we're in now, the reason why it's so difficult is less to do with where we are now, but what happened back then. That there was some, you went through a painful moment and it inflicted a wound that's never been allowed to heal. And if we're gonna turn the potential in the aftermath into what God really desires for it to be, you're gonna to have to have some healing of that wound. But that begs the question, how does healing happen? How does healing happen? Because I, I would guess that if you process everything that I just said, you would agree that the reason why you can't move forward is because the pain left a wound that not only has it not healed over time, it's gotten infected and it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Have you ever, you know, that's the thing about a wound that, that, that doesn't get the proper attention. It just gets worse and worse. And now I could tell you multiple stories about times I've hurt myself and my stubbornness to not get it checked out has only made the healing process a lot longer than it ever had to be. And I hope that today is the day for somebody to finally begin healing from the wound that may have been inflicted in this season or a season so long ago that as you are watching this teaching, you're convinced it can never be healed. So how does healing happen? The good news is the scriptures are littered with people who were hurting and found healing. That the beauty of the ministry of Jesus is he constantly encountered people who were hurting and offered them healing. And one of my favorite stories 
is in the Gospel of Mark. So grab your Bible, go to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five, I'm gonna start with verse 21. Mark chapter five, verse 21. Says when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Verse 22. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. Can you imagine suffering through an affliction for 12 years? We've been in quarantine for two months and we're about to lose it. 12 years. Verse 26 said she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt her, her body, in her body, that, that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. She said, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, this is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible because it embodies everything that I think we need to learn in this moment about healing. Jesus, really, what's funny is the woman who becomes the highlight of this passage was really not even supposed to be involved in the story. Jesus was on his way to heal somebody else. Like he was, and, and, and the crowd heard what was happening and they begin to just crash around Jesus. Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. And he's in this big crowd of people. And this woman who has been suffering for 12 years believes maybe, maybe this is it. Perhaps this is the one. And she, she fights her way through the crowd. And she realizes the chances of me having a, with a conversation with Jesus are highly unlikely. The chances I'm gonna even be able to get all the way to him to get his attention is highly unlikely. 
But there seems to be something so special about this Jesus that maybe if I can, if I can just get a, a touch of his shirt, just to get a, a, a brush up against his clothes, something can happen. And she gets just close enough. And I just, I have this, do you ever read the Bible and you just got to play it out in your mind? I see her just kind of like reaching in full desperation and just swiping. And then she, you know how she knows she touched him? Because something in her felt different. I wonder if she even felt the garment on her fingertips or she just felt in her body that that thing. See, for 12, if you've had a pain for 12 years, it's familiar. And then in that moment, I wondered, did she even realize that she hid it until all of a sudden her body felt free? That in that moment, she felt free of her suffering and healing began to get to her body. After 12 years of pain, 12 years of suffering, she finally finds healing. But to do that, it took a lot. First of all, she had spent all she had before she found the only thing she needed. Did you notice that in the story? It says she had spent everything that she had, that she had went through every avenue that the world had to offer to heal the ache that she felt. There are so many people that can relate to that in our culture. You've been trying to heal that wound for years. You, you want healing, you just don't know how. And you thought, the right relationship will do it. Because she cute. Or he has a good job. They won't be like the last one. If I just find the right person, just the right relationship. No, I don't need the right person. I, I need the right promotion. If I made 10,000 more dollars, I'd be good. I'd feel whole. You know what happens when you make 10,000 more dollars? You spend 10,000 more dollars. If I could get one more high. See, when you try to find healing in something other than him, it will actually only do more harm. When you try to find healing in something other than him, it will only do more harm. Did you notice what the Bible said? It said she had gone to all these doctors and they had only made it worse. That everything she had tried made it worse. Why not let Jesus be your first option instead of your last resort? Why are we so stubborn? Why do we have to do every other thing exhaust every other avenue before we realize the only one that can heal you is the one who created you. And you know, some of us think that we can find healing from the one who hurt us. The one who hurt you cannot heal you. Only God can do that. She had to go through everything she had ever done everything she'd ever had, all the money, all the time, 
all the energy. She spent everything she had in order to find the one thing that she needed. And some people might say, like, like what, what gave her the inspiration to fight through the crowd? I don't think it was inspiration. I think it was desperation. And sometimes it is desperation and not inspiration that will put you in a place where you actually find healing. So if right now you feel desperate, desperate's not a bad place to be if it'll push you in the right direction. But just like in the aftermath of desperation, it can push you towards something that will make it worse or one who can make it better. And you know, she had every, every excuse to not do it that day. When she showed up and she saw the crowd, she could have thought, can you imagine? Like she, I, a woman in this condition by this point, she had to be, she wasn't physically strong. She couldn't have been. Suffering like she had suffered for 12 years and now she has to somehow fight her way through this crowd to get to Jesus. Just the physical effort and energy it would take. She had, she had to push through those excuses in order to experience her deliverance. She could have said, I'll come back another time. She could have said, I'll wait till it's less crowded. She could have said, I'll wait to really get serious about my faith when I can come back to church again. I'll wait to really do something about this when all the things in my life line up just perfect. See, there's a lot of us, we want healing, but we keep making excuses that become an obstacle to the one pathway to that deliverance. And sometimes, you know, it's like when Jesus walked up to the guy and says, do you wanna get well? Sometimes I look at people and all I hear is the pain and heartache, but an unwillingness to push through the things that have to be pushed through in order to find healing. And sometimes I wonder if we've just become comfortable being miserable. that almost the wound has just become a part of our identity. That we've tethered ourselves to our brokenness. And it's just become who we are. Even to the point like, do you notice something? They talk about Jairus. They give his name. But even if you go look in your Bible, it says, the woman with the issue of blood. Like even her name is tethered to her condition. And it's, it stinks, but often we get defined by our wounds. And when we look in the mirror, all we see is what's broken in us. And we become comfortable with that. And it's easier to wallow in our pain than walk towards freedom. She had to push through so that eventually she could climb out of her history and step into her destiny. She had to push through. And I love the story, because see, some of us think her only wound was the issue of blood. Because the moment I say wound, even in our minds, Intentionally, unintentionally, we start thinking about like some type of physical thing. But I would almost submit to you 
her most painful thing was not her physical condition, but her emotional one. You gotta understand the culture. Can I, can I just remind you, like in, in this culture, and you can even see where it happens where Jesus comes up to people who are hurting and they ask Jesus, who sinned, Jesus, that this person is in this condition? Because this was a culture that believed if you had this type of physical ailment, it was because you were a bad person or you had done something bad or your family had done something bad and God was punishing you. And if God, you had done something so bad that God had punished you with this, then you were a bad person, a dirty person, and nobody wanted to do anything to do with you. And then especially with an issue of blood and the ceremonial things that were around that in the Jewish culture, this woman would have had a double dose of being an outcast. So not only was she dealing with this physical pain, more than likely her whole family and every person that she had ever known would have begun to distance themselves from her throughout time. So not only was she physically hurting, most likely she would have been emotionally broken. That she would have walked down the street and nobody would have even noticed her. Nobody would even have paid attention to her. And you notice what happens? She touches Jesus' cloak and immediately she is healed. So it seemed like Jesus did his job. Why stop? She came what she to, and got what she was looking for. But I would submit that Jesus knew something nobody else knew. That her physical pain was not the worst part of her situation. Because that's the thing that's always puzzled me about this story. Jesus, why did you stop? You didn't have to stop. Jesus didn't have to stop. She was healed. Jesus knew something had gone out from him. So he knew that the physical ailment had been taken away. But you notice what he does? He stops everything. That she mattered enough to Jesus for him to stop what he was doing, to pause where he was going, to acknowledge what had just happened. He says, somebody touched me. And they're like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? Do you not see the crowd around here? Everybody's touching you. And he's like, no, 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 no. There was something different about this touch. That even in a crowd of people, and even though most would see this as an interruption, Jesus saw it as an opportunity. And he says, no, I need to know. And she falls out on his feet. And you notice what he says? He doesn't say, hello, woman with the issue of blood. He says, daughter. The moment she touched his cloak, she was healed physically. But when she heard the savior of the world say, daughter, that healed her emotionally. That, that healed something in her that no doctor was ever gonna be able to fix. Daughter, daughter. I'm gonna go back and read it again. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go 
in peace and be freed. But you know, there's something else I notice in verse 33. It says that when she fell at his feet, she told him the whole truth. You know what I just realized just in reading this this week? I think we think he just said, daughter, your faith has made you clean. Bye-bye now. But I wonder if, she says she told him the whole truth. I wonder what, we, we, there's no way we can know all that happened. But the, Mark records that she told him the whole truth. No woman can tell the whole truth in a short story. What if Jesus paused everything, sat down and said, tell me your story. Tell me what it's been like over the last 12 years. Tell me about the pain and the rejection and the frustration because I don't just care that you were healed. I wanna know how you were wounded. And he looked into her eyes and gave her the one thing that nobody had given her for years, attention. And he spoke into her life. And she wasn't just healed, she was healed. You know, I've heard of the saying that time heals all wounds. Can I submit to you? Time heals no wounds. Time heals no wounds, but he heals all wounds. Time heals no wounds, but he heals all wounds. That it required an authentic encounter with Jesus to bring her absolute healing. And healing is a process, but it begins with a person. Healing is a process, but it begins with a person. That the wound that's been inflicted in the aftermath of your painful moment, if it goes unhealed, it will cripple you as you move throughout life. And the only way for that wound to be healed is to be healed by him. And your story may not be like her story. Your healing may not be immediate. Your healing might be a process, but it begins with a person and his name is Jesus. And if God is gonna do a beautiful miracle in the aftermath of your painful moment, the wound created by the pain has to be healed and it begins with Jesus. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And you know what I've learned? That God can heal our wounds, but he'll often leave our scars. That he'll heal our wounds, but he'll leave our scars because our scars tell our story to help other people find the one who healed the wound. They serve as a testimony They serve as a reminder, not of the wound inflicted, but of the one who created the healing. 
God will always heal our wounds, but he'll often leave our scars because our scars tell our story. And in the aftermath, your story, God wants to leverage to help somebody else find healing. See, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, how she got there and what happened to her has inspired the healing of people for now thousands of years. And the quicker you allow God to start bringing the healing in your life, the more he will use your life to bring healing in the life of another. But you gotta let the wound get healed. You can keep trying to find healing in something other than him, but you're only gonna keep doing more harm. Your healing will be a process, but it begins with a person and his name is Jesus. And he's waiting for you to push through the crowd and reach out and just catch a piece of him. Father, I pray for every person who's still limping through life, wounded and refusing to accept the help that you offer. May today be that day. May today be the day that everything changes. Today be the day they begin to look to the one, the only one who has the power to heal all the brokenness. And that when that happens, God, that the hope is on the horizon and a new day is coming and a miracle is on the way, but it begins with allowing you to do what only you can. Fall wherever those people are right now. Speak into hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We hope that what you experience today inspires you to live and love like Jesus. Stay connected with what's happening at Vintage and grow deeper in your faith by downloading the Vintage Church app. Through this app, you have access to sermon notes, upcoming events, devotionals, additional podcasts, and discover ways to connect in community. You can easily download our app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. We hope you join us again soon.